everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? You're listening to Forest FM, a salon business show with hosts Zoe Below Springer and Killian Vigna. For your industry, by your industry. More than ever, it's important to be online. We've had guests say it before and we'll say it again. If you're facing lockdown and your clients can't come in, it doesn't mean that you should disengage with them. But this idea leaves, um, I suppose, a lot of salon owners wondering how to stay connected with their client base. And after mulling this over, I've come to realize that while the practical answer might be twofold, the foundation is actually really simple. And if you can answer the following few questions, you'll get it too, I'm sure. First of all, how do you stay connected with a friend who moves abroad? How do you nurture your relationship with an elderly relative who maybe has lost most of their mobility or ability to travel? How do you stay in touch with your partner when you leave on a business trip? You find ways. And that's the essential part of it. And I say ways because there isn't just one perfect way to nurture a relationship. It varies based on the two people who form it. And whether in lockdown or we take the self-isolation context, um, People have been, especially like if you look at 2020, people have found such creative ways to stay connected. Uh, Board games, parties over Zoom calls, Instagram live music, gym sessions, remote work when possible. Social media is also a great, great place to stay in touch with your clients and show that you care about them. And that even though you may um, not be close physically, you're still very much there for them. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at how to help you self-audit your social media accounts. When it comes to designing the visual of your feed, it's really important to have your branding down. And like I say, if you're a salon and you don't have a brand guide, create one. It couldn't be simpler to do it yourself. And like that, people will be able to draw from it. And it's like a central place where you can access your visuals. You just want to make them match um, so that it makes sense to your business that, you know, what you're putting out online is actually matching, you know, who's who you're getting through the door. A, A benchmark or like an across the board number I can't really give you, but the average engagement rate on Instagram is three and a half percent. If you in your head are like, I want people who are, you know, 40 years old to come through my door, but you're speaking to people in a way online that is only attracting younger people, then yeah, you need to look at, okay, maybe I'm better at actually speaking to the younger people. So I'm going to go for them or, okay, I need to have a look at how I'm speaking online because I want to change it so that I am actually attracting those kind of older people. The Creative Society is a social media and branding agency that specialises in empowering business owners to take control of their brand's online presence. The people behind the Creative Society are Kate Lynch and Emer Morris. Kate started her career in the beauty industry over a decade ago. Now she's a qualified teacher and launched her own business, the Beauty Business Society. This platform allows her to marry both of her passions, education and beauty business development, to create time-saving solutions and training to help business owners in the hair and beauty industry. Then from helping friends and family, Emer Morris founded her business, ECM Creative, after coming to the realisation that many small business owners were not maximising their business's potential through the use of social media. Some struggle to know what content to post, others with the use of the platform themselves. So without further ado, Welcome to Forest FM, both Kate and Emer. It's a pleasure to have you both on the show. Thank you for having us. 
Thank you. We're <laughs> delighted to be here. Ah, oh, shucks. I know it's been a long time coming. Um, Kate, we've been we've been chatting since before Christmas, even. We have, we have, absolutely. I'm so excited, and I'm glad now that it's Emer with me, and it's not just me and my. Own. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a bit more comforting, yeah, yeah, having someone else with you, isn't oh, it? Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. And and you sound like the great dynamic duo. So I'm, I'm sure this is going to be great. Um, Kate, you run the Beauty Business Society, which is a coaching services, resources and social media, graphic design. Emer, you're the brain behind ECM Creative. You help uh, small businesses establish, establish themselves sorry, online and provide web design and content creation services. But you've now both come together, created the Creative Society, a social media and branding agency, and you've launched a series of workshops under this umbrella. Like what, how did you start working together? How did you meet? Why did you want to collab, I suppose? So myself and Emer both have our own businesses, like you said. So I have the Beauty Business Society and Emer has ECM Creative and we both kind of have different talents. So I was a beauty business coach and a social media coach. So I was doing individual one-to-one coaching and I found that there is a massive demand for social media workshops, but I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> and um, at the time I was looking for a photographer and I got onto this girl in Cork who's an influencer and I was like, oh, who does your photographs? I need someone to do mine. And she said, oh my God, there's this girl called Emer and she's amazing. So I organized to meet Emer for a coffee and we literally just hit it off. Like we met in Republic of Work, which is like a co-working space in Cork. And we sat down and we chatted for like hours and we were like oh my god we're definitely going to work together in the future and I went away absolutely buzzing and like where I fall down Emer like has her talents so like Emer is a web developer she is a photographer she's amazing at graphic design although I love graphic design as well um so when I decided to launch the workshops I was thinking in my head oh my god who can I do this with and I got in touch with Emer. I was like, Emer, we have to do this together. And it started off just as like an idea and we were just going to run it through our own companies. But it gathered so much momentum that we were like, oh my God, we have to form a company and do this as our kind of main offering. So yeah, we came together. We blended both of our names together. I was the Beauty Business Society Eros ECM Creative and we were walking around Cork one day and we were like what are we going to call it and Emer was like <laughs> what about the Creative Society and I was like perfect so um yeah but Emer is amazing she has so many talents she's literally a jack of all trades so I'm delighted to work with her. Kate always. Emer it looks like your head's getting a little bit bigger there. <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say Kate always gives me such a big head but um yeah like um I always joke that we're like in a relationship um <laughs> we're together and we're not together all the time obviously if we were able to be together all the time I think we would be together all the time but um we're constantly you know texting each other and kind of chatting and stuff but it's a really good um working relationship like Kate said we complement each other quite well um and Kate's really good like she said she's a coach and she's actually a qualified teacher you actually didn't say that about yourself so I'm gonna say it um, she's a qualified teacher so she has a really good way of like teaching things. So I think I've learned a lot from Kate as well by working with her, which is great. But yeah, we're, we're le- like the same person nearly. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah we complete are. each other perfectly, it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you complete me, Emer. Yes. We do that, right, Zoe? We complete oh, each other, don't we? 100%, 100%. <laughs> like two peas in a pod. <laughs> 
So, Kate, speaking of teaching, I want you to teach me something. Um, we've been hearing, especially with lockdown and pandemics, um, people that aren't coming through your doors. So how do you maintain communication? You got to move online. You got to stay proactive, engaging with your clients or prospects as well. So because of that, we're starting to hear a lot more about social media strategy and doing an online audit. But I want you to tell me, what is an actual social media audit? How do I audit my social media? So there is a lot to take in when it comes to social media audits. So there is your metrics that you have to look at, but also the visual of your page. So we'll take Instagram as an example. If you're looking at your Instagram page, you want to make sure that it's checking off these boxes. So for example, um, visually, you want to make sure you have a good profile picture. You want to make sure your imagery is clear on your page, that you have um, branding incorporated into your um, Instagram page. You have highlight covers, that your bio does what it says on the tin, um, that you have your location in your bio. So I'm all about the visuals when it comes to Instagram, whereas Emer is more metrics and analytics and she gets really nerdy when it comes to this. Like when we do our workshops, I literally like hand it off. I'm like, Emer, take it off. <laughs> <laughs> Because she loves her analytics. So what sort of analytics are we talking to anymore? So, well, Instagram Insights, like it's it's nothing too kind of like out there or difficult. It's definitely something that people can kind of, you know, get into and have a look at themselves. And I think a lot of people are like Kate, where like when I start talking about numbers, they're like, I'm going for a nap. <laughs> but, um, you know, they are something that I suppose once you understand them, they're easy to kind of get into and start tracking and really kind of take note of, you know, how your content is actually performing and what content is performing best, how your audience is reacting to it, who your audience actually is. Like Instagram t literally tells you exactly who is following your page and interacting with your content, which is just amazing. So by taking that information, I suppose you can kind of see, okay, for example, um, if your target audience is, you know, working women, 25 plus, um, and then you go on to Instagram and your audience is made up of women between the ages of 18 to 25 you're clearly not hitting your your target audience because you're actually t hitting people who are much younger I suppose mm -hmm. so little things like that you know you can kind of take the information that Instagram is giving you and apply it then to your business to be like okay if we are actually t hitting these people on Instagram then maybe we need to kind of you know change around how our business is structured to actually make these our target audience Maybe we need to take a look at the products we're stocking or the services we're offering because it's actually younger people who tend to be, you know, interested in our page and our content online. So that's just like an example, I suppose, of of how you can use the numbers to um, <laughs> go for it. You said something there that was interesting to me, like change based off what who you're, I suppose, um, hitting on social change, potentially your offering of your business. I, like my assumption would be like if if I know my target audience is like we said for instance at uh, twenty five to thirty, would I not want to change how I do social then or how like what I'm putting out on social media to match the offering that I have? So the opposite essentially. Yeah. So I suppose yeah, you could do it that way as well. You know, I think the main thing is I suppose you need to make the match essentially. Mm -hmm. So whichever one you're changing. It just to make the match and make it make more sense, I suppose, yep. because, you know, it doesn't make sense to be speaking to a load of 18 year olds and then expecting a load of 40 year olds to come through the door because 
you know, you're not speaking to them the same way. Like, you know, I wouldn't speak to my mom the same way I speak to my sister, like <laughs> two completely different languages nearly, you know. So I think thinking of it that way, you just want to make them match um, so that it makes sense to your business that what you are, you know, what you're putting out online is actually matching, you know, who's who you're getting through the door. Yeah. And I think if you're targeting if you in your head are like, I want people who are, you know, 40 years old to come through my door, but you're speaking to people in a way online that is only attracting younger people, then yeah, you need to look at, okay, maybe I'm better at actually speaking to the younger people. So I'm going to go for them or, okay, I need to have a look at how I'm speaking online because I want to change it so that I am actually attracting those kind of older people. And I think the platforms yeah. come into that a lot as well, because, you know, thinking of it logically, Facebook tends to have an older demographic and I don't mean any offense by that, but it's just, it just is the way it is. Like my parents aren't on any social media, but if they were, they'd be on Facebook. Whereas, you know, I know like younger people who are like Facebook wouldn't even go near it. Like I have no interest in that. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Like that's where it is now. Yeah. So I suppose the different platforms are going to probably have different audiences as well. So that's another side of it. It's so true what you were saying about the different demographics on the social media. Like, my dad will flat out deny that he uses Facebook, but yet every week I'm seeing posts and so we're always screenshotting going, <laughs> you are on Facebook. So to prove a point, he's now trying to learn how to use Instagram so that he can finally turn around and say, I'm not He'll on Facebook. He'll be on TikTok next, Killian. <laughs> TikTok, doing dance yeah. videos. Or on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. I see him out in the garden practicing that Jerusalem dance at the moment. <laughs> So guys, like what are good ways to go about, I suppose, self-auditing your content? You know, we were talking about metrics there, engagement, uh, publishing, audience demographics, like how, like, are there specific things to check off the list or to look at specifically um, when, like, how do you know a piece of content is working well and w how do you identify what is working well, like in that piece of content so you can actually replicate that? So again, I think when we do our workshops, this is where I hand it off to Emer, but she is very good at explaining it. I feel like I've learned so much from listening to her. Literally, I hear it in my sleep now, but <laughs> um, you, you have to check your insights. It's so, so important to check your insights when it comes to social media. And most people like me are allergic to it. They don't want to hear about it, but it is really important to figure out what's performing best for you. So you can look at your insights tab on Instagram to figure out your overall insights, your audience insights, your post insights, but you can also drill down to the specifics by looking at your individual posts and seeing what works best for you. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you look at a post that you put up last week and it had 87 saves and it had, you know, you can't see shares anymore. I was going to say however many shares, but you can't see shares because of EU legislation. But um, if it had 200 likes and then a post that you put up this week had two shares or two saves and two likes you know that obviously the content that you put out last week is more valuable to your audience so you want to start replicating that kind of content so that people engage with it more because with Instagram as you all probably know um, it's all about engagement and it's all about creating that interaction with your audience and making sure that you're providing them with valuable content. Uh, Kate, this is probably another one for you then. Um, but when you look at like, or, or actually both of you, because uh, graphic design, right? But um, when you look at even just the look of your content, mm -hmm. how, like, I remember having wiped my Instagram account probably, you know, 10 times in the pff, 
I don't even how I don't I don't even remember how long I've had my Instagram account for at this stage, but I've I've wiped it clean and then started over again and wiped it clean, started over again. Like, how do you know as you're, I suppose, designing the look of your page? Because we all know that it's become more and more important that this is the right direction. Yeah. Uh, first of all I love your page Zoe like I love the <laughs> vibe you. it's so cool um, I was telling you where I was like oh my god you've got to check out Zoe's page it's fab <laughs> but um, definitely I think like a lot of salons that we deal with because we deal with a lot of people in the beauty industry and they mm-hmm. will have like 17 different colors like all the primary colors all the colors of the rainbow they will use 17 different fonts they will use imagery pulled from the internet quotes pulled from the internet and I Mm -hmm. think when it comes to designing the visual of your feed it's really important to have your branding down and what I mean by branding is you have your brand colors so two to three colors that you'll use consistently throughout your feed maybe a few more maybe up to five um and then you'll have your brand fonts so you'll choose specific fonts that you'll use consistently um and you will also have your logo as your profile picture if you are a business if you're a personal brand you'll have an image of yourself and then you'll have matching highlight covers and then to complement that then you can incorporate a grid design if you wanted to create graphics using something like canva and create a really really beautiful feed but I feel like there's so many salons that are trying, but they're just not getting it because they don't have their branding down. And it's so important to have your branding mm-hmm. down before you go about designing, because otherwise you won't know what your colors are. You won't know what your fonts are. And you're just going to be literally throwing things together and it looks really messy. So really important to have your branding down. If you don't have a branding guide, you should get one created or create one yourself. Absolutely. Very similar to you, Kate, where it's all visual. I hate the data. I don't understand the data, but my Bible is that brand guideline. So whatever the designers here at Forest create, that is literally my go-to for everything. <laughs> Colors, fonts, a lot. So I know I can't <laughs> color outside the lines. That's that's not an issue. Yeah. But you know what? It is important because I suppose with a lot of salons as well, they'll have their staff members helping them run their Instagram page. Mm. So there's a lot of input and different people have different yeah. ideas when it comes to visuals and design. So um, if you have that guideline and you know, like you say, Killian, you can color outside the lines, you know you won't deviate from it. So I think it's really important to implement that. And like I say, if you're a salon and you don't have a brand guide, create one it couldn't be simpler to do it yourself even on canva and just have your colors on one page and your fonts on another page and like that people will be able to draw from it and it's like a central place where you can access your visuals when you run those workshops together like i'm sure that you you kind of go through maybe the look of a feed like a salon's feed and then their analytics and compare maybe emer maybe this is one particularly for you but do you do you see like a, 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 a I feel like we know that this is a thing that if you have a nice uh, branded feed aligned with um, what you're offering, say on your website and all that, it'll it'll create or generate better results. But do you actually see that in the analytics as well when you compare two different accounts that one that has like it's, it's a bit all over the place and then another one that's really tidy? Absolutely. I think I see it specifically because if I work with um, clients for social media management, I actually do track analytics. Mm-hmm. So I'll track week by week. Um, and that is a really good practice to get into for businesses as well. Actually, just write, write it down, you know, in a little spreadsheet or something. My reach this week was this. This week was this. Um, you know, your impressions and everything like that. But 
then going back and comparing it. So, for example, you know, if I'm taking over an account for someone and it's not looking great, it's not looking like, you know, branded or put together um, and they don't really have any kind of strategy in place. And if I compare that to then, you know, four weeks later when we've got a month worth of content on there, everything is branded. Like Kate was saying, all of those little boxes are ticked off there definitely is like an improvement. You can see, you know, engagement has gone up and you can see an increase in followers as well. Followers isn't, is not the be all and end all. We always tell everyone that like your engagement is way more important um, than your followers. But I do actually see, you know, because you're giving that really good first impression. So people who are actually visiting your page as not a current follower are actually more likely to, you know, hit follow because you're more put together and more presented. And I think mm-hmm. comparing it to, you know, if you were going into work, you wouldn't arrive in in attractive bottoms and your hair thrown up on your face or your hair thrown up on your head or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, you wouldn't just land in like that. You're you're put together, you're well presented, you know, you're giving off that really professional energy. So why wouldn't you do that when your online platform is basically like, you know, your your front desk of your salon? So you have to kind of give a good impression. But no, absolutely, like the difference in the insights, it definitely reflects um, the change in the pages and stuff. Yeah, There's still a bit there that, so again, to kind of take it back, like, Kate, I'll be very similar to you where I like the look and feel, I like the visual, the data side, not me. That's where Zoe really kind of comes up trumps. The industry itself is very visual. So you're going to like work on the social media, you get your brand guidelines, you should be able to improve in there. I don't really know what data I should be looking into. Now, Emer, you answered that. But what I like is I like to have a target or a benchmark. So how do I set my, like, should I set targets for my stats in social media? Should I compare myself to other people? Like, do you set out an industry standard? Basically, what I'm looking for is a guideline and a target to hit. So it gets me started from zero. Like someone that hates data, what sort of ballparks should I be looking at to get started and get motivated? Especially because there's so many different platforms as well. Like it's going to be different for Instagram, for Facebook, for TikTok, for Clubhouse, for anything that you're on, really. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just like, give me something. Give me some starting point (laughs) and I'll eventually (laughs) like data, hopefully. Um, I think on Instagram anyway, um, as I've said, I'm obsessed with Instagram. So I'm just going to use Instagram for everything. Like there's not a a benchmark or like an across the board number I can't really give you because it just doesn't really exist, you know. But one thing that I would say is your engagement rate. So the average engagement rate on Instagram is three and a half percent. And what that means is that, you know, three and a half percent of your following as a whole engages with your posts on average or with your content. And that's the average across the board. And I always say to any of my clients, like that is quite a small number. But if you think about it, you know, these people who have millions of followers, they'll get a couple of hundred thousand of likes on their posts. But when you do the percentages out, you know, it is quite a small percentage of those millions of people following them. So it kind of makes sense. But um, I always say aim for 5% because if you're aiming for 5%, you're a good bit above that average, you know, and you you know then that you're actually performing better than Instagram expects you to perform. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do like to track. And like some people are like 10, 15% and I'm like, so <laughs> you. But um, yeah, that's one thing that I'm like, okay, go for it. But I always kind of like to say, you know, if it's, if you're looking at, oh, I really want to have 10,000 followers. I really want to swipe up link and, I'm starting off, I've got 300, 400 followers and I'm really not happy with them. If those three or 400 people rang you and said, I need an appointment, you'd be like, whoa, 
you know, you wouldn't be able to cope with three or 400 people ringing you. So if you think about it that way, if you think about them, like they are real people, they are, you know, potential customers, cherish your followers you already have and more will come because you look after those people. You know, it's the same if you give someone a really good treatment, they're going to be like to their friend, oh my God, like I had the best facial or I had the best massage or whatever it is. You have to go to her. She's amazing. You know, and then they're going to be like, yeah, actually I will. Uh, you know, I'll treat myself. So similarly to that, if you're providing really good content to your followers that you already have, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? You have to follow this page. I've learned so much from them already. You know, I've learned how I should be drinking more water. I should be um, cold rinsing my hair, whatever it is that they've learned from your page. So by kind of providing that value, I think that is way more important than the mm. metrics. Like if you said to me, I'm never going to look at data, but I'm going to look after the followers I have. I'd be like, right, perfect. You know, do that because that does make more sense. Yeah. Does that, does yeah. that make sense? The quality of, yeah. Focus on the quality of your marketing as opposed to trying to hit numbers the whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when we think about social media, we think about the channels, but what tools are actually required to create that content? Like, what else do you have in your arsenal to be able to get the content onto these social media platforms? So there is so much, there's so many different types of content that you can create from video to graphics to imagery. Um, for me, I love graphics. Like I love graphic design. It's my hobby. Um, I use Canva a lot for like me and Emer both do social media management for clients. And for a lot of my clients, I'll use Canva to create graphics for their platforms. And Canva is such an amazing tool. It's so user friendly, like it's ridiculous. Like my mom could use it and my mom can't even use Facebook, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's really, really easy to use, especially if you are a beginner. Um, and there's so it's developing more and more as time goes on. So um, very user-friendly, great for creating graphics, great for creating business collateral, business cards, marketing material, price lists, that kind of thing. You can create so much on Canva. Um, and then with regard to video editing, like me and Emer have our preferences, but if you're recording videos, let's say you're a salon and you have a lovely video of a facial that you want to edit and upload, you might want to edit it outside of Instagram and upload it as a reel maybe. Um, I love Cut Story, which is like a third party app that you can use to edit videos. Um, Emer loves Villo. Villo, yeah, I love Villo. Villo or iMovie are my kind of go-tos. Um, I like the fact that like on the MacBook, you can use iMovie as well. So it's quite handy if I want the bigger screen. Mm -hmm. But I mean, on the phone, it's still, you know, it's perfect. Villo is one you can use on Apple and Android. So I kind of tend to recommend that to a lot of people. But yeah, we both kind of have our, our different loves. Um, I love Tezza, um, Tezza app. I put, I put um, effects on a video once and sent it to Kate. Kate was like, Emer, it's not loading properly. I was like, that's the effect on the video. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is me, guys. Honestly, like this is so funny. We were talking earlier about how me and Emer balance each other out. Like I'm the granny in the relationship and she's like the cool young kid. So she had like a stop motion effect on it. And I was like, my internet isn't working here. <laughs> like, it's like, what's going on? But um, yeah, no, we have our different preferences like I say I love cut story for editing videos and then I love mojo as well for cool story effects like you can yeah. make really cool story effects on mojo and um, what else is there Emer? I feel like there's so much more that I can't think of oh well if we get into like photo editing you've got Lightroom Visco obsessed with them Lightroom I I just love Lightroom and like 
I think we, we're definitely gone from the days where you're uploading a post to Instagram and you start putting those Instagram filters oh and God, yes. like that's gone. <laughs> like, um, you just simply can't do that anymore. But Lightroom, I just love it. I think it's it's fairly easy to navigate. Um, and actually a really good tip I like to give people for Lightroom is um, if you literally go on Pinterest and look up Lightroom preset modern, Lightroom preset bright, it gives you all the settings on Pinterest that you literally just put into Lightroom and it will give that preset into your Lightroom and you don't have to like pay for it or anything. So little life hack cheat there. But, um, so it's essentially I'm creating your own, own filters, is it? Because I know Photoshop, yeah. but I've never actually used Lightroom. Oh, like I'm obsessed with Lightroom. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah, you create like your own filters and presets and you can save them so you can continue to use them um, on all of your posts because that is another thing you know like when we're talking about brand consistency and things your imagery has to be consistent Mm -hmm. so you know if you're taking a photo and it's like really dark and um, moody and then you're posting one next and it's like bright and like white like they're not really going to match on the feed I suppose so you want to make sure that you're keeping everything consistent so using the same tones we kind of tend to try and like tell people to set up like a photo corner in their salon or whatever, you know, that mm. they can bring people to to do their, their imagery and stuff. And that just kind of makes it a lot more um, consistent on the feed, you know, like have a backdrop behind you, wallpaper like this or, you know, something plain, simple um, and just use that as your kind of photo area. I think that works really well for for salons. But yeah, I think like, create your own preset and then put that on all of your imagery um, is a really good way to kind of create that consistency. But Lightroom, Killian, you'll have to try it. I'm obsessed with it. It's, so good. it's funny because everything I use, it's Adobe Premiere Pro, it's Adobe Photoshop. I just don't know how I've never crossed paths with Lightroom and I'm hearing it more and more lately. I feel so old. <laughs> Lightroom is Adobe as well. Yeah, it is Adobe. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't understand yeah, how I've never Adobe, crossed paths so. with it, but I hear it so much. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring you back to uh, a bit before we started talking about the tools we could use to create content. Um, we were talking about getting posts to reach their full potential. Do you have any tips maybe around maximizing a post's reach or even engagement without ad spend, considering that we've covered uh, paid social media advertising on the show just about two weeks ago? I think it'd be really nice if we could, um, if there was any tips that um, could help before actually putting money behind a post, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a few different tips and tricks that we have up our (laughs) sleeves. Um, I think firstly, engagement creates engagement is the most important thing. So like if you have a really valuable post that you're putting out there and you want lots of people to see it and you want it to come up on their feed, you spend 15 minutes before you post engaging with other posts that or other um, accounts that follow you um, and just commenting on their posts, you know, sending them supportive messages, that kind of stuff. Not only will that generate interest in your page and what you're posting but it also makes people feel amazing which I love like just sending them those words of encouragement um but also as well as that like you can utilize hashtags so we always recommend you use up to 30 hashtags on your posts when you're posting um you can use up to 10 hashtags in your stories and that will just drive more traffic to your page um and also looking at in the stories Yeah, yeah. So do you reduce their size to a minimum so that they don't take up like all the space on the story? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it can look it can look really spammy when you add hashtags to your stories. But just like you said, so you literally blend it into the color of your background, shrink them down so they're tiny, tiny, and then just hide them behind something else if you want to. But again, that would just drive traffic to your stories because sometimes people follow particular hashtags. So like, mm. you know, if I'm interested in image skincare cork, I might follow that hashtag and, you know, I'll see then that post pop up. But um, as well as that, you also have to look at what time people are most active on Instagram. So what time your followers are most active and try and post around those um, those times. So for us, I think, Emer, again, you're the engagement or you're the insights woman. <laughs> but I think it's seven o'clock in the evening. We have most people active. Yeah. So there is like blocks on the insights um, under your audience tab and insights. So people will be able to find it there right down at the very bottom. But the majority of people, it's going to be between 6 and 9 p.m. Because it just logically speaking, like people are, you know, chilling after their dinner, sitting on the couch, TV's on and they're scrolling on their, on their Instagram. So that kind of makes sense that that would be the time that people are most active. But absolutely, you know, post um when when they're most active and Kate you'll talk a little bit about your scroll stoppers I love that (laughs) so I always say when I'm coaching people you should have like the first line of your post should be a scroll stopper so it should stop people from scrolling and generate that interest so they go oh what's this about you know and I always say as well just make sure you include a call to action with your post so like we as humans as you guys probably know we need to be told what to do so like if you don't add a call to action to your closer to your stories you're just going to keep on going and not actually take action so really really important to add your CTA and we're just so used to that autonomous of just going up and down up and down we don't even know anymore I kind of feel like a robot at times on social media (laughs) oh my god it's crazy isn't it it really is like me and Emer are actually doing life coaching at the moment guys with the same (laughs) girl and like she's telling us that you cannot have the phone in the bedroom because I'll wake up in the morning and I literally just before I do anything else I'll just like like a zombie scrolling through my phone and the same thing before bed in the evening so I'm trying to leave the phone outside the bedroom at the moment Actually, another tip for that, I don't know about Android phones now, but on the iPhone anyways, you can set up a a screen time for your apps to be locked Mm. or available to use. So I would have been the same as you, Kate, like first thing in the morning, first thing at night, uh, well, last thing at night, I suppose. Um, But then like if you lock your apps, you have, you know, you have that notification or that like screen pop up that says, you know, do you want to unlock it for just one more minute, 15 minutes, or do you want to turn it off for the day? And I, I just, I wouldn't turn it off for the day because um I would just feel so guilty of of doing that especially knowing that I wanted to get away like reduce my screen time essentially so I just I keep know. the app locked <laughs> Zoe oh my god I was just gonna say I did that before but I literally just stopped because I found it so annoying <laughs> like I to know when I was locked out I was like my phone is right here but I can't get into it so yeah. I'm the exact same. Yeah, got a OnePlus, had this Zen mode. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to block my apps and everything. Day one, I lasted yeah. five minutes yeah. and I just went mad. Yeah. I was like, I'm never doing this. It was like, I, I felt like an addict with withdrawal symptoms. It was only five minutes. And I was like, I, I need my dopamine hit now. <laughs> yeah, I scared myself that day. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I could survive with that. But as well, like, I mean, our business yeah. is social media so I, I I think I use that as an excuse I'm like I have to be on Instagram what if someone messes me and is looking for something like I have to be on there 
But um, no, like Kate said, it's definitely, you know, taking that step back. I think taking a step back as well is helpful when it comes to, um, you know, getting a new lease of life on social media. Kind of get, like, you know, getting a bit of an idea. Like, I think a lot of my ideas come on like walks and stuff. You know, I might be kind of thinking and I'm like, oh my God, that'd be such a good idea to do. And I'm like, Kate, we need to do this. And like, you know, like taking that step back, I suppose, is definitely helpful um, if, if people are kind of feeling a bit like, mm. oh, I'm sick of it. Like, you know, sick of having to create content the whole time. <laughs> and that actually brings me to two points. The first one is that writer's block when you kind of dry up out of creativity, but you still need to stay competitive. But the first one, I, I, I'm curious to know, you've already just said like social media is your job. It's your career. It's your full-time job. So with that, have you ever had anyone like pass out or roll their eyes or sigh when they're in your workshop and they realize just how much is actually involved in maintaining your social media? Like it, it's so important, but it is a full-time job. So, so what do you do to kind of ease that load for someone new to this or someone that's just looking to take it to the next level level when they turn around and tell you go yeah that's great but I'm trying to run a business here on the side yeah, or on the uh, side. not on the side I'm trying to run a <laughs> business only. yeah I know well what I say is planning your content is like one of the most important things that you can do to take the load off and to take the stress out of social media um so like always have your content organized for the week ahead and I also say to people I think this year has taught people how important social media is for growing your business. So it needs to be prioritized. And yes, sometimes it can be a pain in the butt. I hope I can say that. Um, but <laughs> lucky I didn't say the other way. Yes, sometimes it can be painful, but it's really, really important if you want more people to see your business and to buy from your business and to book with your business, you need to prioritize social media. So what I say to salons is make sure you block out an hour or two out of your forest diary on a Monday when we reopen you literally block it out put a break in there and write social media and delegate the task to one of your staff members to you know create and curate that content so do a shoot of some products that you have or to um, create a content bank and I know you're going to ask us this question in a minute but um, what I say to people is uh Create a WhatsApp group for your staff members. So have everyone in that one WhatsApp group. Get them all to create content. Get them all to help you with this. So they can shoot all of that content into the group and you have a content bank to draw from. Now, obviously, if you are taking pictures of clients, you have to make sure you're adhering to GDPR, getting your photo release form signed and all that. But um, yeah, I think it's super important to get help. And to delegate where you can, because I think a lot of salon owners take it all on themselves to do it, but you really don't need to. And a lot of the time, if you have younger staff members, they'll be fairly savvy with social media as well, and they'll know what looks good, you know. From your workshops, do you feel like this is where people fall flat the most, like taking on too much, assuming it has to be all done by them as the owner and only them? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like, And I think as well, people kind of, probably forget that they do have that help there I suppose especially now you know when people aren't actually in work together every day they might think I just have to do this myself but it actually will create more engaging and interesting content if there is you know different people contributing to it so you know meet the team is an amazing thing to do and like even if you've done a meet the team and you're like but sure people know who we are in the salon like you might have, you know, 10 new followers who've come on in the last month and they have no clue who you are. So 
you know, doing a meet the team at that stage would actually be really good. So you can start introducing those followers to your staff, making those connections um, and growing from there. I think that is super important to kind of lean on people and, and make it like a collaborative effort. I think that's one thing where we like we do good as well, because if one of us is like, oh, I can't be bothered anymore, we can just be like, here you go, take it over, it's your job now. So yeah, having help is definitely a big thing. Yeah. And I always say to salon owners as well, just on that note, when we do reopen in April or May or whenever it is, you can actually make a part of your KPIs for your staff members to get them involved and say, right, one of your KPIs for this month is to get active on stories and talk about your favourite product. Um, and that just makes it kind of more fun for the staff member too. So it's not like you have to do this, you have to get on social media, you know, they're, it's involving them and making it exciting. Excellent. Well, look, guys, it's been brilliant. We've covered so much information there and I still kind of feel like there's a lot more to come. So if, if I did want to learn more, reach out, get involved, you guys, just before Zoe jumps in with our trick tot starter card, how do I actually, first off, reach out to you or get involved in one of the workshops that you've mentioned? Yeah, so all of our workshops are through our website, which is thecreativesociety.ie. Our Instagram is thecreativesociety.ie. We keep it very simple. We're easy to find. Um, but we have lots of um, pre-recorded courses actually launching as well, which I think are going to be really needed because we've had so many people being like, I can't come on the course. I've got my kids at home. They're not back in school. You know, I've a crazy dog who can't sit still for five <laughs> seconds or whatever it is. So those are coming, which, um, yeah, we've been working on them, which is very exciting. But the live workshops then as well are all through our website. So, yeah, everything. It's a pretty central point that people can go to, um, which is the website. Yeah. yeah. And if you can't do workshops, we also have ebooks on the website too. So like if you just literally want to do it in your own time, there's a load of ebooks on a load of different topics from Canva to Instagram to paid um, social and stuff like that. So yeah, loads there. Amazing. We'll be sure to include those links in the show notes and in the Forest FM newsletter. So uh, anyone listening, be on the lookout for those. Um, and now for the fun part, the thought starter question <laughs> of the week. When you feel bored, where does your brain wander to? I feel like it's such a great one for creative people like you too. Oh, wow. Ira, do you want to go first? <laughs> 2020 was the year consumers changed their habits, supporting local and buying online. Online purchases increased by 50%. Social media influenced 55% of those decisions and 70% said they'd buy online again. So this begs the question, how well did your salon adapt? The good news is, Forest now has an online health score calculator. In less than five minutes, you can get your own bespoke report with tips on how to improve your online marketing, social media, online reputation, and salon website. Take the assessment today at forest.com slash online hyphen health hyphen score. I have no idea. I'm like, it could be anything like... Sometimes I do be sitting thinking about like, what am I going to talk about on stories next? And I'm thinking about, you know, what's our business going to be like in five years time? Then I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. I always say to Kate, like, I, I think I do have some sort of like attention deficit disorder because my brain is like, bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> but I think it's a lot to do with them, um, like being creative as well. You do kind of tend to have like those thoughts flying around. So it could be anything. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I'm the same. I feel like I like literally think about work all the time. Like yeah. 
I literally <laughs> just think about work. Like I sleep when I dream, I dream about work. Like it's so sad. But then I also think about the next dog that I'm going to get in like six months' time. So like, yeah, there is I feel like both me and Emer are like that. Like our brains are just constantly going. We never switch off. But that's also because we're a relatively new business. So we're in that kind of honeymoon phase where we're like work, 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 yeah. work, work. But yeah. It's great. We'll do a follow-up episode in six months. <laughs> yeah, see where your brain wanders to <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Kay, Emo, thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to see how everyone's... Basically, I'd love to see everyone that listens to this episode, how their social media performs over the next few months, especially as lockdown starts to ease. Just what are those strategies? Take the time to start doing those self-audits. Absolutely. And everyone listening to this right now, um, please send us screenshots or results from Kate and Niemer's tips you've applied. It'd be great to see or hear how this episode actually impacts your social strategy and results. Or just tag us all, include it in your social media strategy. Yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> we love getting tagged in things. We're like, oh, it looks so good. <laughs> so obsessed with that. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Um, jam-packed episode, full of value, uh, full of tips. It really has been great. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. So there you've got it. Whether you're opened or closed, now is the time to uh, really dive into your social media um, so your paid social media advertising strategy but also your organic one uh, look at self auditing your uh, your various accounts and um, to do that you can listen back to this episode maybe take some notes the second time around and uh, for the paid social advertising then you can listen back to episode 197 with Richard Gibbons um, in other educational news I suppose you can catch up on on-demand webinars we have now Posted on our website. We currently have two specifically for the US and Canada. So Charging Your Worth, an in-depth look at pricing and communicating value presented by Vish and also Mission Control, Learn to Shift When Needed and Improve Results presented by Steve Gomez. Uh, they're both available on demand. All you have to do is fill out your details and access the uh, recording. In UK and Ireland, we have a webinar called Unleash Peak Performance, your five-step leadership blueprint, which was presented by Valerie Del Forge. This one is also available on demand. And we have a few more coming your way that we'll be announcing on social media uh, soon. So make sure you follow us at Forest Salon Software on Instagram, or you can also find us on Facebook, Forest Salon Software. One last thing before we sign off, don't forget to head over to forest.com forward slash FM where you can find today's transcript and also subscribe to the show's email newsletter to get all the updates and guest downloadable content uh, such as Kate and Emer's resources uh, delivered straight to your inbox weekly on Wednesdays. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM or this episode specifically, you can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because, you know, we love feedback. We'll never shy away from it. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.